got to live with gratitude. Gratitude gives you perspective. It makes your past better. The lessons and miracles of the past give you a better present, which then will actually give you a great future. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm definitely excited about today's show. I have the legend himself, David Meltzer, on the podcast, who is the CEO of Sports One, arguably the number one sports marketing firm in the world. He started from the bottom and yet became a millionaire in nine months out of law school and a multimillionaire by the time he was 32. But then he went broke, and yet he made it all back again. And is now an insanely successful entrepreneur and philanthropist. And he's here today to share his insight and his four principles on how he became successful. So do me a favor, cut the volume up, listen very closely, because it's time to level up. Let's get it. Are you ready? Level Up Daily, the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities. Tola, level me up. Tola, level me up. Yeah. Now, your host, DeAndre Evans. Tola, level me up. Tola, level me up. Yeah. It's time to level up. Now, level up. Yo, what's up, ladies and G's? Welcome back to the Level Up Daily podcast. I'm your host, DeAndre Evans, and today I have a very special guest on the show. I have the former CEO of the legendary Lee Steinberg Sports Agency and the co-founder of the CEO of Sports One, arguably the number one sports marketing firm in the world. He started from the bottom and yet became a millionaire in just nine months out of law school and a multimillionaire by the time he was 32. But then he went broke and yet he made it all back again and is now an insanely and successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, who through hardships was able to regain his footing and has written two number one best-selling books on the subject of success, Connected to Goodness, and Compassionate Capitalism. He also shares his principles on his top five iTunes business podcast, The Playbook, and one of his principles is find ways to serve others. And to that end, him and his business partner, Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon, has a charitable component, and this rule has only accelerated the business growth. Through Sports One, they are concurrently involved in many projects with the world's best and biggest sports events, such as Super Bowl, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Masters, and countless others. His passion about helping others has received countless awards, including being honored by the one and only Marshall Goldsmith Top 100 Business Podcast and coaching programs in the world, and has been named the chairman of the Unstoppable Foundation. I have the man who both Forbes and entrepreneur named one of the top keynote speakers on the planet, Variety Magazine Sports Humanitarian of the Year, Dave Meltzer. Hey, what's going on, Dave? How you doing? <laughs> That's awesome. I, <laughs> I haven't heard an intro like that since Tom Bailu. That was amazing. Like, I really, really, you know, I always say people when I hear that, it's such a long list, I always say, you know, if my mom heard that, the first thing out of her mouth would be, yeah, but my other son's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only right, right? Bringing a legend, you know, of your caliber onto the show, it's only right that you go all the way from the top to the bottom. So you got you to gotta list all the accolades there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I'm excited to be on the daily and uh, let, let's get this thing going. What's, what's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's the question for you. Like, what's going on? Where you at right now? Are you getting ready to go on to an uh, event? Are you going out to a business meeting? Like, what's, what's going on in your world? You know, just been blessed today. I got Brandon Steiner coming to the office. I have a little bit of interview with him for his new book. Scott Duffy and, and his whole program are coming in. Randy Garn, mm-hmm. one of the world's best, uh, is, is coming in the office. We have interviews today. Most importantly, every Friday I'm in the office, I do training. Uh, my goal 
my my mission is to empower others to empower others to be happy through gratitude empathy accountability and effective communication which are the four things that i learned when i lost everything it's the four pillars of my life it's how i think that we can live our lives with value and to be of service and to truly be happy and so i am always excited about a friday and yeah. just blessed to get to do all of these different things in a gorgeous, beautiful day here in Irvine, California. Absolutely. Right on with that, man. Especially Fridays are always a good day, at least for everyone, uh, right? <laughs> every day is a good day for me. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm a get-to-do guy, man. So every day, I am not dreading Mondays, and I don't celebrate Friday. I celebrate anything celebratable. I look for the blessings and everything. So my Mondays are Fridays, and my Fridays are Fridays. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> now, usually I like to open up the floor to our guests that we have on to the show, just to you know give a brief background. But today I want to do something different, considering that it's Friday, right? It's one of your best days. It's every day, right? Um, yep. let's, let's do like a flashback Friday type of moment. Like right? Let's dive okay. back into like the younger days where it all started, you know, from the rag to riches story. Like, where were you from? What was you like as a kid, that whole spill? Yeah, sure. So I, you know, at five years old, that's the most memorable time for me. It's when my father left. And I was there with six kids and a single mom in a place called Akron, Ohio. I was actually born in the same hospital as LeBron James and Steph Curry. So <laughs> I thought I was going to be the uh, next commissioner of basketball. But uh, I really just had one goal in life, even at five years old, and that was to be rich. Mm -hmm. uh, I, want, I wanted to be rich uh, with one purpose and one passion, and that's because unlike people that blow smoke up your butt and tell you, you know, I had it so hard. I, <laughs> you know, I, I lived in a, in a two-bedroom apartment with six kids and a single mom that was a substitute teacher that worked two jobs just so we could have food. But the one thing I'll tell you is I was really happy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know any differently other than the fact that I would catch my mom crying sometimes because of the stresses, the economic distresses and stresses that were put upon her. And so in my mind at five years old, because you don't listen to your parents ever, you watch. <laughs> and by watching my mom, I decided, man, I'm going to make her happy and I'm going to buy a house and a car. And I'm going to if I can make her happy the way she's made me happy and my siblings happy, then I truly will understand and experience happiness. So I went on a journey to make a lot of money, uh, to be extremely wealthy, yeah. and uh, thought I'd be rich by playing football. That's <laughs> yeah. my, original, my original idea, and I actually got a scholarship to play football nice. uh, and played football in college. I could had one skill playing football, and that's I could run scared faster than they could angry. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I was born out of you know having a big mouth and running around a two-bedroom apartment after talking trash to my brothers and <laughs> then realizing that I had great speed and, and, and great uh, agility, but not to the point to be an NFL star. And so then I went back to what my mom always told me, doctor, lawyer, or failure. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to be a doctor, yeah. uh, quickly realized as my brother taught me the most valuable lesson of my life to be more interested than interesting because I thought doctors didn't have to be in hospitals and I hated hospitals. And mm -hmm. at 18 years old at 147 pounds and five foot seven, yeah. football, football was out of the picture professionally. And so was being a doctor. And all I had was one lesson and that was to be more interested than interesting. And so decided to follow my mom's advice and go to law school mm -hmm. where I graduated and uh, a second great lesson came up because I was offered two jobs during a great recession mm -hmm. in 19, the early 1900s. That was number one, to be an oil and gas litigator, easily make enough money to buy my mom a house and a car mm -hmm. or work in the internet. 
uh, take my law degree, not utilize it other than the experience of going and sell legal research online and on CD-ROM. And uh, my mom told me without blinking that I better become a lawyer uh, because the internet was a fad. And (laughs) that was the lesson that I learned is very, very valuable lesson just because someone loves you doesn't mm-hmm. mean they give you good advice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, what happens is we take advice from people who love us but don't know what the heck they're talking about, and then we, we, we resent them, right? We resent them for having what they want us to have, not what we want to have. We resent them so much, and then we end up with no one around us who loves us because we resent everyone who loved us and gave us advice. So please take heed to being more interested than interesting. And, of course, you know, don't take advice from people that don't know what they're talking about just because they love you mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's good advice. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. That was my childhood as quickly as I could. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. So basically you, you had this dream, right? As a young kid to go into the pros, go into the NFL and be a, a professional NFL player. Uh, but that didn't quite check out. Right. So you had to adjust. You had to listen to mom. She said, Hey, you're either going to be a doctor, lawyer, X, Y, and Z. You got this game plan. <laughs> like you, you wasn't really like, open to many options you just had to do one of the three things there um so you went to law school and you graduated right how old were you during that time i graduated law school at 24 at 24 okay great and so now this starting to you know get into the field of making some money right because you're in law school that, at least that's what people yeah. think when you're in law school you start to make money right you <laughs> and, hope you hope yeah, right, right. <laughs> and during this yeah, most time, most people just go into debt that's the funniest part right right <laughs> yeah yeah nowadays for sure but so you started the transition to the law school. Now, did you go because your parents wanted you to as far as your mother? My mom, right? Yeah. I wanted to be rich. I right. went because I wanted to be rich. And my dad had gone to law school and had told me, uh, you know, what a great education it was. He never practiced law, but he said he drew upon that education almost every day of his business life. So mm-hmm. I wasn't averse to going and I actually enjoyed law school more than even college. So it definitely suited me well. I went to what I consider to be one of the best law schools in the country, a place called Tulane University in New Orleans, nice. because they taught both civil and common law. They taught international law and domestic law. And they also knew what a well-balanced life was. So not only were they a top-tier educational and intellectual school, mm-hmm. but they also knew how to have a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. So then it's starting to transition into you making money, right? You're young, you and your 20, starting to see some success here. You're starting to get closer to that goal. Right. So what was the, the key turning point? Like what happened and how were you feeling when you first made your first million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the money that I made that made me feel so great. It was the ability to pay off my law loans and buy my mom a house and a car. Nice. One of the, you know, one of the great achievements of my life. And unfortunately, I attached my happiness to that end. Mm-hmm. And so uh, after I was able to achieve that, I started to feel empty and create secular circles of sabotage that, you know, Really, you know, although I kept making money, I just, you know, and successful in the Silicon Valley and running, uh, you know, Samsung's first phone called the PCE phone, the world's first Windows CE device, yeah. all these great successes. I just kept feeling more and more empty. I kept trying to buy more things to make me happy, different things to make me happy. Mm. And it created a void in my life, a shortage in my life. And for the first time in my life at the age of 32, having everything in the world I ever dreamed of and the ability to buy even more. For the first time in my life, I wasn't happy, all because I attached my happiness to an outcome instead of enjoying the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of my potential. Wow. Wow. That's big. And, and what was those big purchases? I know you bought your mom a, a house, a car. Like, did you get you, yourself anything personally? Or well, Over know? the years, you know, over, the, over the next 10 years, I bought 
Ferraris and Porsches and huge homes and <laughs> golf courses, ski yeah. mountain. Mm-hmm. I had 33 residences only in San Diego alone. I had some really big money and big real estate. I had a construction company. Yeah. Uh, just a, anything I wanted, I'd buy a boat, a motorhome. Uh, I had uh, whatever I wanted. I could trips around the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I enjoyed my wealth, uh, but it was empty. And that's where the real lessons came from. The miracles came from. And uh, the universe always gives you what you need. And number one, it gave me the family that I needed to get through what I was about to learn. And more importantly, the universe gave me what I needed to learn, which was to give me a start over Mm. a new beginning, a new beginning, a rebirth, a resurrection, one in which was based not on material goods or attaching my outcome to happiness, but simply based upon providing value. I started waking up and praying to God for 10 people that I can help, shifting the paradigm of value that all I cared about was how I could be of service to others. So basically, you know, you're, you're in your 20s, you're in your mid-20s, you, you got a lot of success going on. You're basically living your best life, right? <laughs> Trying best, to, right? Right, you're living Pursuing your best that. life. Yeah, yeah. Pursuing doing, that. Doing the right thing, you went in, doing everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to go down this path. Things begin to shift, right? And, you know, yep. uh, something took place where, you know, everything was lined up, running smoothly, but out of nowhere, you hit this wall. You, you went bankrupt. Like, tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, how did that occur? What happened? Was it a bad deal? Poor money management? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, nothing happens out of nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had several warnings about I'm going to lose everything. The first was my father giving me, after 20 years of telling me he didn't believe in my birthday because he forgot it when I was 10 giving me a jacket with no pockets and telling me that I was just like him. And he was concerned for me that I was going to be the richest man in the cemetery and that uh, I should hang that jacket with no pockets to remind me every day that I couldn't take anything with me, that I was living a scarce existence and that there would never be enough for me if I lived such a scarce existence and that I lived in a world of not enough and that I had to learn about service and, and being in a world of more than enough. And then moreover, my friend, my best friend warned me I was surrounding myself with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, and he wouldn't hang out with me anymore because I was hanging out with those people and told me specifically when I said, I'm not doing the things they're doing, you cannot lie to yourself. You can lie to me, but do not lie to yourself. And then finally, my wife telling me I better go take stock in who I am when I came home caught in a lie at 5.30 in the morning after partying with little John the the rapper telling me (laughs) I better take stock in who I am Mm -hmm. and what I want to become. And those three warning signs, this is not overnight, but what Mm -hmm. actually occurred is uh, I got involved in some litigation. I had uh, an ego based reality, one that I needed to be right. I needed to be offended, separate, superior, inferior. So I spent all of my cash fighting, trying to prove that I was right. Always thinking that I had equity in all these different properties. And when all was said and done, I wore through my liquidity and I had no capability of borrowing against the properties I had because the banks had cut down the criteria and the regulations and the rules in which I could borrow against my own properties. And I found myself with over leveraged and with no liquidity and therefore had to have a a do over. And the hardest part about that do over, which is not an over, there's no overnight successes of Dave Meltzer. There's no overnight failure of David Meltzer. It it is a consistent, persistent procedure, a pursuit that I had, uh, and I'm accountable for. Uh, But, you know, the hardest part was to go to my mom's because of everything that had gone on and realized that, oh my gosh, 
not only did I lose everything, but I never had switched my mom's house out of my name and I had lost her name. So I had to go over to her house, not only tell her I was bankrupt, but that she'd have to move out of her house. And the biggest blessing of that was I learned unconditional love at the very foremost of my life because she looked at me and said, that's okay. Mm. That's okay. Do you need anything? Do you need some money? I'm here for you. No regret, no shame, blame, justification, no anger, frustration, disappointment in me, just mm -hmm. simply unconditional love that she only wanted the best for me and had all the confidence in the world that if I had lived of service in the world or more than enough, the same way she had lived her entire life, that I'd be able to manifest everything that I desired, but now the right way with happiness and fulfillment, passion, purpose, and profitability, that I had the ability to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And that's what I've been doing for the last decade. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's very imperative and important to, you know, take note of, especially for those listening and tuning in, uh, just knowing that, you know, you're not grounded to your circumstances and your situation, like you can push forward and get through it. And it sounds like, you know, your wife and your mom was very supportive, you know, during this transition. Uh, now, on the opposite end, personally, you know, for those around you, whether it's, you know, other family members, friends, and business partners, like, did they start to see and look at you in a different light? when you went through that, that trial period or everything all smooth and, and with them as well? No, most of my friends uh, weren't really my friends, right? They lived in blame, shame, justification. They, they were uh, having own difficulties and I was an easy target because everything was going wrong to point the finger at me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I had friends that I begged not to invest in things that I was invested in, begged them. Yeah, not to in the because I always had the Midas touch because I made money because I was very persuasive and, you know, all the different things that I've had in my past. No, 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 please, you know, but, you know, when it all turned back around, it was all finger pointing, right? Oh, you know, a horrible person. I had a couple business partners uh, that I'm sure are living in really bad karma. Uh, because they weren't honest, you know, and, and I still find that today in business. I, you know, I don't, I forgive everyone. Uh, I don't forgive it because they deserve it. I forgive it because I deserve it, right? I forgive myself first. I take accountability. I don't live in blame, shame, or justification. I pray for their happiness, but I know their character and integrity. And if they're ever listening, they know who they are too. And I hope that they're living in the happiness and forgiveness that I've given them. But uh, a lot of them, I think, their character still remains and they still remain in the same life. They always do because they put faith in scarcity, not enough dishonesty, manipulation, all those different things. And no matter what they do by putting faith in all those characteristics and the personality traits and the obsessions and addictions that they have, they'll continue to attract the same thing in their life because it's more than just what they think, say, and do. It's even more than what they believe in themselves. It's truly their energetic, and genetic unconscious competency that will continually put them in the same place. And I have broken that chain. I've broken it for me because I know that I live life of service mm -hmm. and I'm not perfect. I live in hypocrisy like everyone else, but I know that every day that I'm consistently the best I can persistently without quit pursuing my potential, my higher truth to be of service and to help people and to provide value. So basically, you know, I, I, it's weird because I feel like we share like a similar philosophy. Like it's not necessarily the, the money thing at this point in time that you're really chasing. It was more so making sure everyone around you was taken care of. Right. Making sure everything was checked out, you know, dotted I's, crossed T's and everything of that nature. Now, when it came to your development as far as the, the downward spiral, which you was going through, like how were you able to rebuild? Because personally, I know there are a few people who can bounce back from a situation like this. And for those who can't, like, 
did you go on a path of like reflection, self-improvement? Did you seek out mentorship or what was the next step of recovery? Recovery for me started by living really and holding on to the principles and recovery started two years before I actually went bankrupt. Started with uh, understanding, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, all led by meditation, finding my center, surrounding myself with the right people and the right ideas, firing the people around me that didn't share and align with my values, uh, and you know, really shifting my perspective to be of service and to provide value. Uh, in also in studying not how to make money, but how to keep money, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, mm-hmm. understanding what family banks and family offices do and understanding how to preserve wealth for the benefit of others in the long run, understanding what products, people, and passions and purposes all were aligned with those principles that I had developed. And, you know, then given the platform to share that via my books, like Connected Goodness and Passionate Capitalism and my new pamphlet with Jack Canfield, the number one author of all times, Unstoppable, uh, which goes to the Unstoppable Foundation for Charity and all the stages I get to speak on and Elevator Pitch, the number one digital show and my top five podcast, The Playbook and all these different things that I do, yeah. they're of service. And the irony of it is I have more than I'd ever dreamed of and I live in a world of more than enough. And that's the process of living a principled, passion, purposeful existence and you know, being of service that's the simple change that, that occurred in my life and continues to occur and, and still evolve and develop every day in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now I know personally, I don't have you long. I know you've had you for like a good solid yeah. 20 minutes here. So I want to be conscious of your time here and to probably Thank just, you. you know, just to end it on this last question, if we can get to sure. it. Um, of course. But, you know, personally, I know I read a little bit about your principles that you shared recently in, in your success book, Connected to Goodness, right? And you yeah. have this mantra that you just stated earlier, you know, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. Uh, if you if you don't mind, what, what would be, you know, some key takeaways you can give to someone listening to in there right now who may be going down a similar path that you journeyed down so far? Like what principles can they apply within their journeys to help them along the way? That's a great question. The principles that apply are very simple. There's four. Number one, you got to live with gratitude. Gratitude gives you perspective. It makes your past better. The lessons and miracles of the past give you a better present, which then will actually give you a great future. And it'll make your future so bright. By putting faith in the future, you'll get more of what you do want instead of putting faith in what you don't want. Gratitude has a greater depth than just being thankful for what you have. It actually is part of appreciation, meaning not only am I thankful for everything I have, but I'm adding value to it and then giving it away. And when you give it away, that's when you know what you have. So number one principle is gratitude. Two would be forgiveness or empathy. And there's only one person to forgive. That's yourself. And once again, you can't give what you don't have. So if you haven't forgiven yourself, you can't forgive others. Living in forgiveness is living at peace and joy, living at center. You won't waste any time with ego-based emotions like the need to be offended, the need to be right, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, fearful, anxious, guilty, et cetera. So forgiveness allows you to live at center and not experience the waste of energy or emotional waste. Third is accountability. Simply live your life with two questions. What did I do to attract it to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Find blessings, the get to attitude, not the got to attitude. Find the blessings in everything that you do uh, and find those miracles in everything you do. And there will be no struggles, no tribulations or trials, simply just adding value and appreciation through forgiveness and accountability. And then finally, truly understanding effective communication. We can only be manipulators unless we have an inspired life then we can be motivators and in order to be a motivator we need to inspire 
each other, but we can't inspire each other until we live an inspired life. So you need to connect to goodness, connect mm. to what you believe in, connect to everything that inspires you to live consistently, persistently in the pursuit of that potential in an inspired life. So the four things, principles that I'd like everyone, if they're in a low place, you know, to wake up every morning, pray for 10 people that you can help, be of service, add value, live with gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, live an inspired life, and you will quickly manifest everything you desire rapidly and accurately. I'll tell you, DeAndre, I really appreciate the being on the show and more than happy to come back. Thank you so, so much for your time. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing your insight and providing those actionable steps that people can take. It's been a pleasure. I love having you on the show and I definitely look forward to bringing you back on soon to finish up here. So with that being said, guys, until next time, much love, peace and blessings. Hey, what's going on, guys? I hope you all enjoyed this episode with David and I as he dives into his story on how he became a millionaire to losing it all and having to rebuild. These are the type of conversations many shy away from. But today, David shares some valuable principles we all can apply to succeed within our careers and within our lives. If you enjoyed this episode and would love to hear more from David, you can follow him on all social media platforms as they will be listed in the description of this podcast below. Also, feel free to share with your loved ones, your friends, your family, your co-workers, along with leaving a rating and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this will allow us to continue to bring more people like David onto the show. Also, for those looking to start a podcast or for those who have one and would like to know how to excel and grow their brand, I recently wrote an article that dives into what it takes to create a successful podcast before you air. You can find that article down in the description below as well. Or you can follow me on Instagram at DeAndre underscore Evans at D-A-N-D-R-E underscore E-V-A-N-S and clicking the link in the bio. Let me know what you all thought as I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. So with that being said, until next time, much love, peace and blessings.